Yo, Wimpty, this is Jared and Shane back in the studio today. Uh, almost to 30 episodes. I think this is like 29, right? 28 or 29. Something like that. Anyway, uh, we are glad to be back doing this. Today, my guest is Ryan Mabry. I'm not really even going to say much. I'm just going to let us get right into it. There's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot to know about Ryan Mabry. I've known him for a couple decades. Uh, very, very bright, intelligent I would say young man, but he's my age, so I don't really consider myself a, a young man anymore. But yeah, yeah, he's got glasses just like me. So our vision has failed or is failing. But anyway, uh, an insanely talented pianist, uh, very, very well spoken. You can tell very well read young man is the word we'll go with. And uh, had a really good time talking to him. I always enjoy every time I see Ryan out. Or, uh, or have a few minutes to speak with him. It's always a pleasure. So I hope you all enjoy listening to him as well. So please welcome Ryan Mabry. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, we're just going to... We were just having a conversation, so we'll just hit record and we'll go right into it. Perfect. Uh, anyway, I was getting my eyes checked, and um, I was like, I think I can see okay, but just every now and then, uh, my eyes just aren't functioning properly. I know there's something not right. And he's like, well, let's dilate you and see what's up. So he did, and he was like, you see this? And he went to, like, he did a couple clicks with his tester, and he's like, in about six years, that's the way your vision's going to be. And I was just like, oh my <laughs> God, like terrifying. You were the worst Miss Cleo ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just completely blind. So yeah, anyway. So no, uh, as much as possible. I hate them though. I can't stand wearing. How, you've worn glasses your whole life, The issue right? that I find with glasses is because so much of the time at the piano, I'm doing this. Uh-huh. And so just that little shifting here, I don't, you don't realize how much you go you know, yeah, to yeah, touch yeah. your glasses to reposition them. And I have to wash my glasses four or five times a day. Yeah, I have to wipe mine off every like hour or so too because anything like even like if they get too close and your eyelashes like go off the lens, it gets your lens all fuzzy and shit. Why didn't you get contacts, man? Because I, man, I had to um, when I was younger. I tried to wear contacts and it didn't work so well for me. They're, Sticking they're, things in my eyes is not. Yeah, I couldn't do it. They're they're, they're new and improved now. I know it has been sure. it has been two decades. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure contacts are different now than they were 20 years ago. Um, they're brilliant, man. I leave mine in. I leave mine in for like I six want contact months. from Wakanda. You don't take them out? No, they're they're night and days, baby. I take That's them out crazy. every six months to kind of clean them out. <laughs> do you do you use um uh, any kind of solution or whatever? Yeah, I mean, like, if I, if my eyes get dried out, throw a little saline in there, but they're not they're that's what they're they're meant to be worn all the time. That's great. Okay, that might be an option. Oh, they, you they know what though? I'll probably water. just end up getting LASIK. Okay, yeah, that's because that's pretty affordable these days, right? Like, I looked it up actually recently. Like a grand? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah, not that. Fucking, that's like, that's that's, that's a, worth it. That's a few pairs yeah. of glasses and that's contacts. Yeah. No. And you don't have to work. Well, you don't have to worry about it. And I don't know too much about LASIK, but once you have LASIK, you're good, right? Yeah. The rest of your life, you're, yeah. your eyes you are fixed. Some fucked up stigmatism or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, the uh, the other voice you're hearing on here, <laughs> I hope you all got some good information out of that. Uh, but uh, the other voice you're hearing on here is a uh, longtime friend of mine. I'd say uh, we go back to that two decade mark we just mentioned. Ooh. Right? Yeah. yeah. High 96, school. 97? 1996, 97, yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan Mabry. 
Uh, Ryan, welcome to the Wimpsy Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we've been trying to do this for uh, what two or three months now. Uh, yeah, about two months. But finally, the schedules have uh, calmed down enough. We were able to get it on the books and make sure it happened. Even though I was running late this morning, I do apologize. <laughs> well, we scheduled you for ten thirty, and you showed up at ten eighteen. So you were, yeah. oh, you were yeah. just fine. Perfect. <laughs> for some reason, in my calendar, I had it at ten. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. No, no man, we we had to schedule at ten thirty, so you're good. Uh, I I texted him and let him know that you're going to be here a little early, so yeah, that's I was good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shane hosts trivia on Tuesday nights. Yeah, so late night. Last meaning night, meaning Shane drinks <laughs> about five beers and about five Bayou bombs. On, right. I understand on Tuesday nights while while he is hosting <laughs> trivia. Um, so so Ryan, let's let's let people know a little bit about you, man. Um. Whatever, everything. Awesome. You know? uh, well, I'll, I'll just start. My family moved to Florida when I was in the third grade. Uh, went to Plew Elementary in Niceville. And then uh, we moved up north to Crestview and uh, went all the way through high school, participated in the band and the chorus, and then left for LSU, studied piano performance, and then came to that harsh realization that I wasn't a prodigious pianist. So I was never going to be on the stage of Carnegie Hall or performing with the London Philharmonic Symphony because there was always that eight-year-old Chinese kid that could kick my ass, <laughs> um, you know, because they're just they're bred for that. Um, so that kind of took me to a little dark place in my life. Um, you know, Wait, are you an LSU grad? Uh, no, okay. no, did, no, didn't finish um, because once again I got to that point where I was like, eh, yeah, I'm, I'm not good enough. So, but anywho. Uh, Finished up uh, that little chapter of my life, tried a couple different things. I got into nursing because I thought, oh, medical field, that sounds fun. Um, but no, that was not fun. Uh, then got into the world of corporate finance, financial management. That was a fun gig. Um, but then I something deep inside of me was like, I need to get back to music because mm. um, that's my first love. I've studied piano from the time I was five years old. Um, it never left. Um, so how do I do that? And I resigned from legacy wealth management and decided to start teaching, teaching piano, private piano. And it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Mm. I haven't, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. So now you have your own. So now, yeah, fast forward. And now I have the largest private piano studio in Northwest Florida. Um, I've got 37 private piano students and they are all out of this world, amazing. Um, I, I'm in a fortunate position where I can kind of handpick them. Um, so like I interview the families, I'll interview the kids. Um, if they've studied elsewhere, I, you know, there's an audition process. Uh, and, and so I kind of get to hand. Wow. So you're pick. dealing with kids that already, that, that you can already see some kind of talent in. Already, yeah. Or like... my, my favorite students are the ones that I get to steal from other people. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you would have to, I mean, it's okay to brag on yourself, but you're, you're more of a prestigious piano school. Like this isn't, this isn't Mary next door. Who's going to teach your kid how to play. No, twinkle, twinkle, little uh, star. no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm accredited through the, uh, Florida state music teachers association mm-hmm. and the national music teachers association. So I'm able to give my students that study with me extracurricular credit, mm-hmm. um, which is yeah awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, come to a private teacher and you can get extracurricular credit K through 12 from studying with me. Um, that's pretty that's awesome. a big deal too. 
Yeah, because then it makes there's there it creates an additional value to to the family. So you have thirty seven. Thirty seven. That's a that's a that's a big load. And they age and range from my youngest. Uh, she started when she was four, mm-hmm. um, which I think she may be a mathematical genius because she's five and she's already doing long division math. Mm-hmm. Um, she's pretty impressive. Learning Spanish. Yeah. Uh, she's only awesome. child. Uh, she's the only child, yes. Yeah. Um, and then I've got all the way up to 67. Uh, my oldest is 67, and she's a hoot. Her name yeah. is Miss Tonsiawita Hayes, and we have church. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like church hour. Her husband's an old pastor in Crestview, Sanford Hayes, uh, and uh, she's just a really cool woman. So she's yeah. coming for piano uh, to a help with her arthritis in her mm-hmm. hands, uh, short-term memory loss, trying to thwart the potential of dementia or Alzheimer's. She's yeah. just ex- coming coming for the health benefit of studying music, exercising yeah. the brain. That's wonderful. Yes. That's it. That's not a Mr. Hayes that was at the high school. That is. That Ooh. is the exact same Mr. Hayes. <laughs> Get to class, son. Yeah. I had Where's a couple experiences with Mr. Hayes. Oh, and I was never fortunate enough to, uh, <laughs> to have to be in the discipline. Yeah, office. I went twice. I wish I was that much of a rebel in high school, but yeah. I wasn't that cool. I wasn't either. I just, I, one time I said, uh, I got caught for um, talking in Spanish class, so she she made me move seats away from one of my friends, and I asked her how to say this sucks in Spanish, so <laughs> sent me to see Mr. Hayes, and then, uh, and then someone tried to fight me one time, and it didn't go so well. For you or them? No, the other guy, uh, and <laughs> I went to see Mr. Hayes, and I just told him, what happened and the other guy ended up getting suspended i didn't so but deuces yeah but mr hayes was i thought he was fair a lot of people didn't like him you know like he gave me for saying this sucks in spanish i got like a day of uh uh, like a like a like a day after school suspension or something like that but yeah i was like i'll take it i was an asshole i probably should (laughs) you know whatever but well that's cool man um i'd never even thought about how learning something like that later in life could really like the health benefits from learning a musical instrument. My long-term goal with my piano studio is to, I want to in some way uh, develop a music therapy research facility here on the Gulf Coast Mm. Um, because we know science can prove what music education does for the developing brain. We know that when a child studies music, more areas of the brain are activated at one time than in any other single activity that we can do. Um, so if we take that same concept for the aged brain, um, you know, the brain that already has uh, patterns formed, concepts devised, um, problem-solving capabilities uh, ground into it, if we can take music education to the aged brain and retrain the way that the brain operates, well the possibilities are endless for what it can do. Um, We know that music can help with Parkinson's, autism, PTSD, um, dementia. I mean, heck, music is as simple as if you're having a bad, shitty day, you get in the car and you hear your favorite song, you turn it up, roll that window down, or the window down, and boom, you're in a better mood Mm -hmm. just because you heard music. Mm -hmm. Um, So the concept of Music is powerful. It is really simplified down to if you're sad, music makes you happy. So everybody should do music. Yeah. It's everyone. Yeah, there's sometimes, though, when you're angry, when you put on that right song and it makes you more angry. 
hey, that's awesome. You know, but either way, it's making you feel. Alanis Morissette, jagged little pill, man, like the ultimate. <laughs> fuck you. Is that still yours? Oh my god, I can listen to that album. <laughs> like that is one album I can press play on and not every every single out every single song. Uh, I just saw something about she's coming somewhere around here. How Alanis Morissette old is. is she? Like she's got to be in her fifties. Yeah. Now. Yeah, she still looks great, though. She's probably still a bombshell. Yeah. When you have that kind of money, you don't age. Right? <laughs> Just like the wealthy don't pay taxes, they don't age either. <laughs> uh, one of those kind of things. Um, yeah, so that, that was going to be one of the questions that I had for you as well, too. How much more difficult is it um, l- uh, learning at a later age? There's definitely more challenges with dexterity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, alternating from the left to the right hand. But once it clicks, the process actually goes quicker for adult students. Okay. And then from there on, it's really, I mean, I'd, I'd hate to say it, but it's practice, right? Oh, it's like, all about practice. Yeah. You can't, learning an instrument must require a discipline. Um, you have to spend time with it. You have to become very intimate with that instrument. You have to know it. Um, you know, it, if you want to be able to communicate which is what music is. It's a form of communication. Um, You have to become fluent in the vocabulary and not just the mechanics of playing the instrument, but how to tell a story through the instrument, how to use it as a, as an extra appendage to reach an audience. Um, Do I want to make them cry? Do I want to have that person on the edge of their seat in anticipation of what's coming next? Do I want them to sit back in their chair and go, Music has so many emotions that can be conveyed, um, and that only comes through practicing it and getting to know it intimately. Yeah. Now, who's Pearl? Uh, Pearl was my great-grandmother. Okay. Uh, so I named my studio the Pearl Mabry School of Music. Uh, when I, Like I said, when I was a wee little tot at four or five years old, um, my, f- my father's family is from a dairy farming community in the southwest corner of Virginia, um, Pulaski, Virginia. And... Uh, my great-grandmother was the choir director at Thorn Spring United Methodist Church. So she would get up in front of the congregation and conduct the choir, and my great-aunt Margie would be playing the organ or the piano. I didn't think women were allowed to do that back in the days. Well, Methodists are, they're not Southern Baptists. (laughs) (laughs) Southern Baptists are a little bit more cray-cray, but the Methodists, they're nice and awesome and love Jesus and pretty much love everyone else. So Mm -hmm. uh, good groups of people. You're a Methodist. Uh, Well, now I'm Presbyterian. Okay. Uh, They love God, they love the gays, and they like to drink a little. So I I, I have found my people. There you go. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, Great Granny Pearl. So I would stand beside of her and wave my arms and mimic what she was doing, thinking that I was doing something, um, you know, just enjoying the music. Mm. And then we would get back to her home, and she taught me how to read the basics of music out of a hymnal, which yeah. I still have today. Yeah. I have that, that same hymnal. Well, that's great. What a, what a special like tribute. Is, she, is, is Mammy still with us? Uh, no, she passed away on my 11th birthday. Okay. Uh, horrible day. Um, but before she passed away, the summer that I, the last summer that I saw her, uh, she made mention that she was very glad that I took up music um, because my dad, my uncle, you know, they all were in the sports. Mm. Well, she said, you know, they all did sports. They can't do it anymore. You will have music the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and that stuck with me at that age. 
and it was it, it proves true every single day. Yeah, so so Pearl Mabry is your own. You're you are a sole proprietor. I that is mine. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That is mine. Congratulations. Thank you. That's really cool, man. Um, that you know, it, it's it's really fun to always to, to talk to people about you know some of their failures too about getting along the way. You know, um, there was for, for what I'm doing right now, countless. You know. Um, you know, it sounds like you had your share as well on the way to getting to what oh, you're doing. Oh, I am a pro at failure. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's really, it's really so much fun to see to where when people finally like ah, they get it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They finally have that that aha, aha moment. moment. Yeah, and it, it and it's it also sounds like you are uh, so established now to where something would really, really, really have to go wrong in order for like your business to go away. Like it seems like your business is solid. It is. You know? It's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I never have to stop doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think about it and I'm like, okay, when I'm 55 or 60 years old, the students that I will then be working with or the musicians that I'll then be collaborating with, um, it won't then be a I'm having to teach you how to do things. It's a I'm sitting back and drinking a glass of Barolo mm-hmm. and critiquing your your performance and then we're getting into the emotional historical aspect of the music um which i think is going to be a much more how do i say it i think it's going to be a much more rewarding end of life for me yeah um so that's it this is it man this, this is, is what it you're doing. this this is what i'm doing you got it planned out yeah i love it yeah that's cool man um so you so you're expecting to maintain some of these uh, protege, the right word. Yeah. Student. What? How do you refer to them? Uh, pupil. They're my, actually okay. I call them my little humans. <laughs> like so, they walk in. I'm like, what a little human! And yeah. then they high five or whatnot. Um, I have my favorites. <laughs> we won't talk like, about that. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely have my favorites. Um, what, what's it like uh, having to tell them that you won't take them as a client? Oh, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. What percentage is that? Because um, I would assume if you're at 37, how many fucking more of these kids can you take? Well, well, you the know? good thing, because I because I have that little interview process with the families, um, and I kind of lay out, uh, you know, these are my expectations. This is what I want to see happening every week. If this isn't happening, well, then we're going to have a very uncomfortable conversation with the whole family present. Um, and that's kind of like their wake-up call. So if, if they show up to lesson... And things have not been prepared. And I know life happens. I know little Johnny's got soccer practice. I know that his little sister has ballet. I know that dad didn't get home till seven. I know that mom probably didn't, you know, get home till five or six o'clock. Then she had to do the laundry, make dinner. I understand life happens. So I don't expect um, it to come in and be polished. But I do expect something to be done that I'm not a repeated record from last week. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, 30, 45 minutes total and you can work something up. So if, if that doesn't happen, then, uh, you know, we pull the parents inside, we have the conversation, look, you're spending a lot of money to study with me. I'm investing my time to teach you. What do you want to do? Because mm. I can't magically wave my little unicorn rainbow wand and abracadabra the music into you. You have to practice once again. Um, Usually that works. Yeah. Every now and then I do run into that one student that will do well for a couple months and then yeah. not want to practice. Are you at a lock now as far as students go or are you accepting new students? I'm as busy as I want to be. Okay. Yeah. 
So so it'd have to probably be someone uh, like pretty like either that you wanted to take on. I would really like have to want. I would really have to want to get my. Hands or you'd on have to that. drop a couple. Yes. Do you have, what's your turnover rate? Um, it's really low. Yeah. Um, most piano studios have about a sixty-five percent turnover rate within the first two years. Um, I've only had about fifteen percent. So, most. Why do you of, think that is? I like to get the families involved in the music education. Mm-hmm. Um, so for all of my beginning students, it's mandatory that the families sit in on lessons. Um, a, because the mom and the dad are then going to start learning, oh, that's what a quarter note is. Oh, that's times. That's, that's how you keep time. Oh, that's an eighth So note. they can somewhat help coach at home. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. legato. Oh, that's staccato. Oh, that's allegro or andante. Um you know, teaching them the vocabulary so that when they're listening to their child practice at home, they know what they're listening for. Um, so that that level of accountability and, and that structure, I think, really helps augment the learning process for the student. Yeah. And I think it makes it more enjoyable for them because then, you know, they don't get home and they're overwhelmed or they can't remember. They have another source there to, oh, well, remember Ryan said this. Yeah. I'd assume another thing that helps is that they can get credit for taking your class as well. Yes. So they have to, at least for the semester, they have to maintain some sort of uh, level. And not just a level with me. They have to actually perform and get adjudicated. um, And they have to have two pieces that are memorized in front of a judge that they don't know. And then they have to take a theory test and then an oral listening test. Um, So it's, it's a pretty intense program yeah so you're so you're still doing that and you're still playing for uh like lusk aren't you yeah are you still playing at the high school yeah i've been working with uh, lusk for the past two years with the show choirs or maybe this is year three i don't really remember i think this is two no this is the third year yeah show choirs um that has been a blast it's nice kind of getting out of the classical world Mm -hmm. um that i spent you know 90 percent of my life in and diving into the beatles or queen or Mm. uh you know, whoever else the the pop artist is at the time that he wants to put into his music. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. For those that don't know, Kevin Lusk is the choral director at the high school in Crestview. Yeah. He's been there forever and a day. So I'm assuming, you're, so your lessons are an hour long, Um Most right? of, well, my lessons range from 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or an hour. Okay. Um, it, it just depends. So how many hours a week are you doing this then? Um, with, with what you're doing... With Lusk and everything else, I mean... It's a lot, because then I also work uh, for the First Presbyterian Church. I'm their pianist. So Sunday mornings, Wednesday night. And then I also work with the Northwest Florida Symphony Orchestra um, as their rehearsal accompanist. Um, so that's... It's a lot of time, but yeah. it's, it's fun. It's a lot of music. A lot of notes. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's a, a lot of is notes. That, can, that get, can that get too much? Um, because you're doing it. It's almost like... You know, I know it's just offshoots of another, but you're doing somewhat the same thing. I know I know some of it is instruction, some of it is... The most challenging thing for me as a, not as a teacher, but as a pianist, mm-hmm. um, is to get the music up to a rehearsal standard that's suitable. Um, and that level of suitability is different for everyone. In my mind, I want it to be... Perfect. Like I almost want it memorized so that when I sit down in, in a rehearsal with a conductor or an instrumentalist or an opera singer from wherever they're performing, um, 
I'm very hard on myself when it comes yeah. to, to that standard. So, for example, they're performing La Traviata this coming Saturday, um, the 10th. And uh, I got the music three weeks before the first rehearsal over Christmas break. <laughs> that was that was brutal. Yeah. That was a brutal opera to try to get under my fingers in three weeks. Well, yeah, because you can't just open it and just go, right? Uh, you probably could, but not the level you want. Not the level, yeah. There is a there is something very important about being able to sight read a piece of music. You know, you haven't seen it, it, it ever in your life, but you're able to look at it and go. 70% of music out there I can sit down and sight read and knock it out of the park. But when it comes to the classical things, uh, they're usually a little more mentally and technically involved that require more slavery. Yeah, man, I remember how pissed Lusk used to get at, uh, I won't say her name, but one of our other accompanists. Like, he would, like, almost throw little Lusk fits at her. <laughs> get that hair bobbing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> man, I, I saw him... Um, Three and a half years ago, I saw him, and I went up and said, you know, you know, Kevin, what, how's it going? You know, and he just kind of looked at me and de- definitely had no idea who I was, for sure. Like, and uh, I, I didn't want to be like, hey, I'm Jared, remember me? <laughs> kind of thing, but I just, want, I just gave him a quick handshake, you know, I was like, how's it going, man? So, he's doing well. Yeah. Um, I think that, that he's coming up on retirement in the next couple of years, and I think he's Would very much be, looking right? forward to it. Yeah. Um, his, both of his sons have now graduated. One is working on a master's or a doctorate. I don't really remember, but they're all doing well. And his wife, Karen, she's just a bundle of joy every time I see her. Yeah. Yeah. She's the best for sure. I I always was, I always was worried about those kids though. Their rat tails. Yeah. They were crazy, (laughs) man. The, uh, his kids would have rat tails that were like, shit. It was insane. (laughs) Just. I never understood the rat tail thing. <coughs> no, it's, it's, it's a terrible <clears throat> idea. Uh, Kevin Luss, the course director at Crestview High School, is an interesting. It's I'd say he's an interesting guy. Very safe to say. We had uh, we had like a love hate kind of thing just because I myself and my friend Dustin Doggett we just loved fucking with him. Like we would do it all the time, and not in a mean way, but just you know we'd see, you know we like to. Especially our senior year, we'd like to get high and go to class and see, you know, see how high we could get before he'd call us out on it, you know, like that kind of stuff. Taking pot to Disney. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't do that. R- really? No, I didn't. I think do Christian that. Herrera did. That would make sense. I think Christian did. Yeah, Christian and Rusty. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. I think so for sure. They didn't share with me though, but uh, I played the fifth. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. But that was that, man. Those are fun times, and that's really where uh, that's where you and I really even met. You know, it was, was over was music. In, yeah, was in chorus and stuff like that, and then uh, years later through mutual friends, mm-hmm. mainly uh, Duchess Leila yeah, Polo. Leila, uh, did you see that? Uh, man, I posted something that drumstick. Did you see that thing that I posted? She uh, apparently, when I was fifteen years old, I played in a uh, in a in a Christian punk rock band. First band I ever played in. It was with Tyler Davis and Blake Dixon. And we played a show, and at the end of the show, we threw out a drumstick. Apparently, Leila caught the drumstick and we all signed it afterwards. Stop. Yeah. And she was going through a bunch of her shit. She found it. Like a month ago and found the drumstick. That is awesome. And I didn't want to be like, Can I have it? <laughs> but but I really wanted it. That's especially my especially with Blake. 
passing away and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like it was really special to me. And yeah, she was like, I fuck, I don't fucking want it. She's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you can definitely have your drumstick back from your 15 year old band. That is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it so would totally go great in your, yeah, in, I'm going to bring it in here. Space. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to bring it in here. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's at home right now, kind of displayed on like this A-frame thing. That's so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was a pretty cool little, nice pretty relic. Cool little side story. Yeah. Speaking of Leila. Love uh, her. But I got to get her on here too. I think she'd be a great guest. Oh my goodness. Talk about the ocean. Mm-hmm. Talk about fish. Yeah. Diving. I boating. want her, I want her and Skip on at the same time. That'd be awesome. So, but, uh. Yeah. So anyway, man, uh, I guess we'll go from uh, anything else about your about your music thing that you that you like to talk about. Um, um, let's see. Let, uh, let's let's plug it. If people want to learn more about it, how can they do that? You have a website? No, no. A Facebook page? What? I, I know. This is I all know. just word of mouth. Ma- I don't. Word of mouth. I don't do business cards. I don't have a website. I don't have a corporate email. It is all just people that know me and references. Yeah. Um, I'm a firm believer of, of the power of a good reference. Um, it, I think it's just the best way to do business. Yeah. And like I said, I'm as busy as I want to be. Yeah. So, so no, we don't need to plug you shit. No, I'm good. <laughs> but if you, but if you, would, but, but, if, but if you would like to look me up on Facebook, it is the Pearl Mabry School of Music. Um, you can go on there and see photos and some little videos of some of my students. Um, every now and then we'll post videos, uh, and it's always fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, uh, one, one other thing that you, that you were talking about, especially with your elderly, your student, how it can help with, uh, dementia and stuff like that. I was reading an article, uh, probably two weeks ago and Shane, if you can check this out for me, so I'm not just talking out my ass. Um, they finally, after several, several years and experiments, they've been able to reverse Alzheimer's in mice. Oh no, I read that too. No, they, yeah. they, well they found the, uh, a protein that, that was, pro- ca- that causes Alzheimer's. Yeah. And they've been and able, able to stop to it. it. Yep. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think they can reverse it, but I think, but they, they can they, stop the process. Can, yeah. yeah. So like if you if you could get tested somehow in early life, they could find that protein. Yeah, and, and yeah, for my uh, for my wife's birthday, I got her that twenty three and Me, but I got her the whole shebang version of it. So it, it even talks about it about how you may have some anxiety in sending this off because it sends back to you like you have the gene for Parkinson's, you have the gene for this. So like you may like in six weeks she may open this and be like. Oh my God, <laughs> you know, but if, if they have a, like the, if they can somehow discover the pregene for Alzheimer's, they could start looking at that now, especially if they're already doing this in mice, I would have to um, imagine with all the money that comes in from all the Alzheimer's walks and all that stuff, um, that within five to 10 years, that's probably going to be a thing that's happening. You know, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. I hope, I hope they can because watching someone pass away or if you have a loved one or a relative or friend that you know of anyone who has dealt with Alzheimer's, it is a horrible, horrible condition. Yeah, we're dealing um, with that in my family right it, now. It, it's so, so sad. Um, you know, the, the, the short-term memory starts to go. Then um, forgetting what we had for breakfast starts to go. Then where. I don't know where the grocery store is starts to go and, and just watching that deterioration to where it gets so down to, they remember nothing about, Oh, it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be really cool to see. I'm, I'm paying close attention to that. Um, But if I can ever hide my own Easter eggs, that might be kind of, (laughs) (laughs) 
That might be kind of fun. <laughs> but then I want Dr. Kevorkian. Like, as soon as that happens, like, just schedule me a consult so I can just... Well, I mean, you know, we're going to be the first generation that's going to be able to live forever, right? Have you guys watched that show, Altered Carbon? I, yeah, I speaking of living forever, I'm three episodes in and my wife freaks out if I continue watching things without her on certain things. So oh. I have to stop watching it until she's then ready to watch it again. Come on, Kelps, get it together. I know. I know. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> Cause we have we're very different. When she when she lays down at night, she's out. Boom, she, like within five minutes. As soon as her head hits the pillow, she's out. With me, my brain starts going crazy and all that shit. So like I I have to, you know, I have to turn the TV on just to give me something to. Because otherwise, I'll think about my business. I'll think about the bands, mm-hmm. whatever else. I'll be up for five hours. Um, so I so yeah so I have to sit there and rewatch The Office for the fifth time. Because it's the only thing that she's not into that I <laughs> that I can, but I don't like because I love The Office. I can watch this and not be guilty. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen all the episodes, so I'm not really into them. So I found that normally by the time like a 22 minute episode's gone by, I'm pretty close to being knocked out. So, um, but, uh, but yeah. So, uh, but you anyway, Alter Carbon, I don't want to get too much into it. But uh, but I'm very intrigued to see what happens. It's a neat, neat sci-fi show on living forever. Yeah, I know. I know the basics of it. Uh, so it's definitely worth watching the whole. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. What, what else? Uh, what else is good? What else do I need to watch on Netflix? Um. Oh oh oh! That's a that's a hard question because there's so much, man. Oh man! Now my brain is like da 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 da, da like throwing through a uh, flipping through a Rolodex. Have you, have you watched that uh, Wormwood yet? I don't. I, don't I watched know, the, like I, the, I watched the yet. first episode, and Kelby was really into that too. But oh. same story. Well, I haven't started it yet. Uh, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know it was about MK Ultra. Yeah. And and CIA testing, you know, LSD and all that shit. No, yeah. Did you watch it? No. Yeah, that whole story is brutal. About the dude who like fell out of the window, mm-hmm. but there's he obviously didn't fall out of a twenty story sealed hotel window. <laughs> yeah. He got he got straight murdered. By the yeah, that's CIA. the word. Yeah, like yeah, I'm gonna watch that. Or it was while he was on acid. Oh, yeah, they pumped Something him full like of that. acid, threw him out of a window, <laughs> and blamed it on the acid. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> Tripping your balls off, and he just tripped to death. Like that would be an interesting way to go. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if anyone's died from eating too much acid. They may have died from things they did oh, yeah, as yeah, a result yeah. of eating too much acid, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the bad decisions made thereafter of eating the acid. But yeah, really. absolutely. Hmm. It's like Jenny on Forrest Gump when she's about ready to go. <laughs> but that, I think that was heroin. Yeah, I think it was a lot of blow and heroin and. Yeah, that was the late the late seventies. <laughs> that is something that is sad in culture at the moment is the rise of heroin again. It's a it's yeah. really it's really sad. Yeah, and you know, I I know that we were we, we said that we won't get too much into uh too much into politics, but you know, just the way you and I are, that's inevitable on this. But you're you're correct. And that's one of the things that I will give uh that I will give Trump you know, give credit where credit's due is that he's come out and called it an epidemic. And, you know, we do need to figure something like that out because it's, it's just bizarre. 
just the amount and just how many people are fucking dying. The fact and... that um, that medical responders now have to have a shot on them, the Narcan, uh, you know, to give people that are mm-hmm. ODing on it. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that there's something that medical responders must carry nationwide to counteract the effects of heroin because yeah, it's, it's like so a, like rampant. A, like the bee sting is, kit. Uh, it's terrible. Absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah, and it's a, it's a lot of people, a lot of people that we know too. And the thing is, it's one of those, it's one of those things that it's kind of, it can be easy to disguise really if you have a problem. I mean, Shane and I have countless friends. Um, it's and it's really and here's the crazy part. It seems like every time I go on tour with the band, it's because it's happened three times now. Like every time I go on tour with the band, one of my friends dies from heroin. Mm. It's crazy. It's insane. And I know it's just coincidence of time and. And all that. Have you have you lost anyone uh, recently, like close to you? Recently, no. Yeah. No, I haven't. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how. But uh, I know of a lot Blake, of people that have. Yeah, that's how Blake passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and really for me, it's one of it's a hard thing to talk about because that could so easily be me. With it, how it, with how addictive that is, it could so easily be all of us. Yeah. And it's really hard to, cause you want to be like, you want to be mad at them. You want to be like, get your shit together. Don't make such bad decisions. All that. But dude, you don't, you know how many times I've just been completely wasted off alcohol and done dumb shit or shit that I wish I didn't do, you know, or, or, you know, even there was a point in my life to where I was drinking five, six nights a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, it was just a, a substance that just didn't kill me. Same thing. Right. So, and it's weird that, that there's so much of that in the music world. Um, you know, there's a lot of dependency on uh, mind-altering mediums in, in the world of music. Um, weird. I think I have a little insight into that. I wonder why. Why? What? What was? What I was think. Doing? Well, you know, if you just like you look at Tom Petty, you look at Prince, you look at Mac, Michael Jackson. They were all on how Whitney Houston. These are all any big time, big time star. Uh, has been some sort of drug-related incident that's mm-hmm. contributed to their death. I think I think it's because it, it becomes so chaotic. Like even just dealing with one, like the band that I manage right now, um, just dealing with them. It's insane the amount of pressure that that you already feel, and we're at still at a very low level of success. You know, people ask us to do stuff all the time. Like everybody always wants something from you. And when you get to, when you get to that level, it's gotta be hard to even that level of celebrity to even be able to disguise or or not disguise, uh, um, you know, decide between who is an actual, who has their best interest in mind for you, you know, who actually cares about you or who just wants something from you. And it's just, it's a constant game of that to where you, you know, you look at a lot of these people, uh, their family members and their managers are the ones that rip them off who mm-hmm. are stealing money from them. And th- your, your life just becomes so chaotic that, you know, you, you find a doctor that says, Hey, I'm going to give you these pills and these pills and these pills. You all of a sudden feel better for a little bit. The pills make you feel better for a little bit. So you find another doctor. And by the time you know it, you have three or four different doctors that are giving you the same shit and you're just, Loaded up all the time. Yeah. 
That was one of the things that I, I realized in the young gay world. So when I first came out of the closet, uh, which was one of the re- reasons for choosing LSU, because um, I had to get away from Northwest Florida. So going to FSU was... When did you, you know, publicly come out? Um, it was my freshman year. It was... Of college? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was... I mean, there were people that knew... I mean, God, everybody knew that I was yeah. gay. Yeah. I mean, my nickname in, in high school was Ryan Gabry. That was really, yeah. I never yeah, called so, you. Right. No, you didn't. I never called you. You, you were, you were always nice, but there, was, there were some people that were like, "Oh, it's Ryan Gabry," um, you know. So everyone knew that I was. Gay. <laughs> that is kind of funny. But, but I was just in. I had that. Happy I'm gonna call you that of, now. Yeah, do it. All right, awesome. cool. All hey, right. it happened. <laughs> now, now that we're grown, you know where I stand on it. I'm gonna call you Gabry. <laughs> I just feel like blowing. <laughs> but anywho, uh, yeah. So w- when I first came out of the closet, um, and then being in the new. Orleans uh, gay scene, um, you know, so much of my life was closed off in Southern Baptist church, 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 gays are bad, gays are bad, gays are bad. Um, so never really uh, was able to uh, find comfort in, in that world. But I remember the first time that I walked into a gay club and, you know, there's half naked men on the bar and I'm like, yes. And then there's, you know, Trixie the drag queen over there, you know, having a blast. And Where I were you on fun. Bourbon? Were you on uh, Bourbon it, north of a? Uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, it, yeah, it was uh, on Bourbon Street. It was Oz. Yeah, Club Oz, mm-hmm. right there. And anywho, uh, for the first time, I was like, oh, so this is this is fabulous, you know. So the lights and the excitement and the music and the booze and the drugs, um, it was all very present. And sadly, it was all very accepted. Um, you know, the uh, the sex that's as casual as a handshake, yeah. um, you know, was very commonplace and, and, and is the standard of common acceptance in a gay club. Um, so I, I watched a lot of my friends fall into that trap of uh, finally finding a group of people that are like them, finding some acceptance, but... They, they fell into uh, that, that hardcore partying, mm-hmm. um, and it grabbed them. It, it just completely took everything that they were, um, and instead of them gaining their own identity, they threw their identity away and replaced it with, with that scene, yeah. a- and that scene became their identity. Um, so I, I've I mean, watched gay, a lot of Gay people, or straight, that's got to be dangerous. I think it's dangerous for anybody yeah. to, to lose yourself, mm-hmm. uh, to lose who you are as a person. Um, so I've, I've seen a lot of my gay friends uh, fall victim to addiction and drugs and alcohol, and some have overcome it, and I applaud them, and I support them, and I love them, and, and some have not. Um, and it's it's very sad to see that, uh, that pattern yeah. continuing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not to get too into it, but I, I learned something new um, about gay relationships last week with from one of my gay friends. Oh God damn it! It's, I don't I don't think that I'm going to talk about it. I don't think this is bad. Uh, that he uh, he was telling me that he had finally found uh, this this person is very picky doesn't doesn't date around, mm-hmm. um, but he he would found someone that he was interested in, mm-hmm. and they started talking. I think they may have gone on a date or something, but then. I guess on first dates in the gay community, a lot of times you, you need to understand what, where you are sexually as far as either a bottom or a top. Oh, I think that's bullshit. So, but on their first date, they both discovered that they were both bottoms. 
Uh oh. So they could never date. So they had oh, one date. God. They were into each other. They thought each other were were was attractive. Oh, that's horrible. But they could they can't date each other. And now I it's understand. crazy for him because after a year, he had finally found someone he wanted to date, but they can't because they're both bottoms. Oh, see that? See that's where I, I my advice to them is be like open up yourself sexually. Like find something new. Um, toys are great. Compromise. Toys are great. <laughs> that's what I said. It was bullshit. Um, that's bullshit. And and like for me, like it's not I for me enjoy, to say. I enjoy all aspects of. Of of that level of intimacy, yeah. Um, so putting myself in a box and limiting myself and saying I am this way, uh, no. Yeah, I want I want to branch outside the box and see what see what else I might discover. Yeah, I didn't know that though because that's got to be tricky anyway. I I figured dating, some people especially in Northwest Florida. Uh, dating in the gay community has got to be a challenge in the first place. Oh God, it's atrocious. <laughs> it's, you will find the toothless wonder. <laughs> you will find you will find the person that has uh, no car. You will find the person that has no job, or they need gas money, or um, this person has slept with every single animal in your barnyard. Well, not like animal, but like that's. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's are, you, are you like I refer Ryan to Mabry, my no? Are I you are you calling friends, gays bestialities? I refer to my friends as animals because like you know I've got. You know, some friends that are like dogs that are loyal. I've got some friends that are like cats that will, you know, scratch you when you think they're being, um, uh, you know, I've got, you know, the cow, the the pig, the every animal in the barnyard is my friend um, as people, not real animals. Let's clear that up right now. Uh, oh, what what would Jared be? <laughs> um, I, I, I would I would put yeah, Jared an animal, as. A koala bear. Koala bear. You're a little koala bear. Okay. There we go. I like it. What about Shane? Um, he hasn't known me long enough. I know, but I'm on appearance. He's <laughs> he's like, uh, I would say he's like the, the, the Florida black bear. Um, with that. Like, <laughs> that's totally more dope than a koala. Hey, at least at least 85 and 123 have the bear signs that know you're crossing the road at night. So So you're good. But yeah, I, I would definitely say, you know, branch out, branch, branch out inside. If you find someone that you're attracted to, that they, that you have something in common with, that you can have a conversation, um, that, that's so rare yeah. to be able to communicate well with someone, um, branch out of your comfort zone and don't, I, I would, I would hate to place myself inside of a box to limit my own happiness. Yeah. Uh, well, I can understand it though, because, uh. I guess there would probably be certain things that I wouldn't want done to me sexually, and if I had to, if I had to compromise that to date someone, you know, that might be tricky. So I get it. I can understand it. You know what I'm saying? There's so, definitely a case to be made from that yeah. angle as well. Yeah, I just never, I just never thought about that. Like how tricky dating must be already, and then on top of that, like you finally found someone, and then that happens. Like, I think it would be even more frustrating if it was two tops. Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, they're both. <laughs> <laughs> but they both want to get it in. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And like that would just be terrible. Yeah. I mean <laughs> okay. We don't go we don't go too much more into that. Too much gay talk on the Wimty podcast. It's okay that we talk about <laughs> talk about all things. Whatever it means to you. That's what that's what this podcast is about, man. Leila will Leila will like this little segment. Okay. She will like that part. <laughs> what would Leila be? Mermaid. Yeah, that makes mermaid. sense. For sure. Mermaid. We went, uh, Kelby and I went to, we were walking on the beach with them, 
And it, it was bizarre, the knowledge of birds and shells that the two of those <laughs> share. Like, bizarre. We we're going in, oh, that's a wallering, you know, that's a wallering walrus. And they've got you know, it, nailed some it. Some shit, yeah. Oh, and then, like, they found this one shell that was, like, the... You don't you don't find a lot of them oh, out there. It was it was an yeah, important shell. Yeah, and I think like Kelby started jumping up and down with them in celebration of the shell. But just in, insane knowledge about it. And I was like, hey, that's great, man. I wish I knew something like that much about something. Lee, I like gifted me the spinal cord of a dolphin. Uh, does it look like a, I have a vertebra uh, of a dolphin? Yes. Yeah, it's yes. Uh, like a try. It, yeah, it's pretty badass. Yeah, those and things my are students cool. love it. Yeah, they're like, I'm holding in the dolphin spine. Yeah, you yeah. are weirdo. Yeah, man. So it looks, it looks like what? Uh, it's like a little triangle with like a, a uh, just the, like this. The long, a long vertebra, like that. Kind of like a peace sign. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a peace sign without a circle around it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Circle in the middle. So yeah, we have one of those at our house too, and I didn't know what it was, and uh, Kelby was like, "It's a, it's a dolphin vertebra." It's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! You have one too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah, just like that. Oh, weird. So, man, uh, what next? You want to you want to dive in? Let's do it. You want to go? You want to? <laughs> okay. Uh, although, although it, it's kind of funny because a lot of times, and and this is where I think Mabry and I might have it figured out a little bit. We're pretty much opposite opposite sides of the spectrum politically. However, there's things that I think that we both uh, say that we can, that we can see the other point of view on that we can agree upon. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Um, Cause honestly, there's been, there's been, st- there's been things that I've seen you post and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Ryan, like how <laughs> like, this is, this is coming First, okay. how, how does he have this opinion? <laughs> yes. Like, how did how is that formed? <clears throat> Absolutely. And then there's there's sometimes where I'm like, you know what? I I disagree, but I completely understand how you came up with that. I feel the exact same way about you, sir. Yeah. Like, there are some things you'll post, and I'm like, yeah. is he human? <laughs> <laughs> like, what planet is he from? Uh, first of all, I want to I want to talk to you about. Uh, about our current president. Not to get into too much of, of that, because like I said, we don't do a lot of politics on here, but I also want to give you credit on that because for a little bit, you seemed to be 100% on board. Like, that was your dude. Like, you were stoked. Well, I had you, to be. I had to be because there was no other option. So, okay. For, for uh, me. Okay, so for let me, me as let a me, Okay, let me ask you that then, because... You had you might have had to vote for him, but you didn't have to be all about him. For example, the person that I voted for, I was disgusted with myself for having to vote. Oh, I agree. It's just I was so afraid. I hated having, but to I was mark never all about. You never saw me, rah rah Hillary Clinton. One thing that I have always yeah. been adamant on is that Trump is an asshole. Like I don't think I've ever been. Like uh, I will never. I've never thrown a parade for him, um, because I, I I really dislike the guy. Um, if I was in a boardroom with the man, I would want to stab him in the eyeball because mm. he's just, he's a, you're uh, going to say horrible person. He's a, he's a horrible human being. <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay. He is. He is a really, he's just a uh. 
<laughs> but what I what I like about him um, from the beginning um, is I like that he will take us like. One of the most abrasive things that I find about the man is when he opens his mouth, there's always that shock factor of like, <gasps> what did he just say? But I like it because it puts him on such a far spectrum that no one in their right mind is going to go along with that. So it forces compromise to happen. It forces dialogue to happen between the two sides. Um, so... That is that is the only thing that I really like about Trump is is his forcing the conversations to happen by being so fucking by being such an asshole. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like by being that CEO man who walks into a boardroom and gets the entire board of directors at each other's throats to come to a resolution. Is there any part of you that's legitimately frightened with the power that an, uh, an obviously unstable man has? No. Really? No, no, because there's there's enough checks and balances in place that he doesn't have supreme authority. Um, is there though? Yeah, there is. Because I mean, there's yeah. several things that he's already, you know, like, done. Look, and- like what? I, for example, this past week, I really, I really like that he's coming out with a pro gun control measure. Um, it is something that past presidents have talked about for years and failed to do absolutely nothing about. Um, but this past week, actually yesterday at four o'clock. Um, he, he made, made the point that it is illegal for an 18 year old to buy a handgun An 18, 19 or 20 year old cannot buy a handgun. They must be 21, but yet an 18 year old can buy an assault rifle. Well, that pissed off the NRA. Like, they're just like, how dare you? But it's true. Like if an eight, if a 20, if an 18 year old cannot get a hold of a handgun, why are they allowed to get a hold of, of an assault rifle? That needs to be revisited. Yeah. And I'm glad that Trump is spearheading that conversation and hopefully getting something done about it. Yeah, well, honestly, I think as far as the gun thing goes, the only way you can get away with any sort of gun legislation is if that's put through by a Republican. Because if the same thing, if a liberal did what Trump did, they'd be crucified. You're taking away our guns, you know, whatever. And it's kind of funny because it's, I've, I've heard zero from the right about about what Trump's recently done with gun legislation. Why is that? Mm, I, you if 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 Obama had done the, the same exact thing that Trump just did, he'd be fucking crucified. You're coming, you're taking away our guns, don't tread on me, whatever kind of shit. Oh God, and and that's that, where I it, hate that slogan. That's where it's got to get Oh, that's my favorite thing to say. Really don't tread on me. Oh yeah, but just to other people that are <laughs> when they start going crazy about their guns. And then they'll they'll start get, like getting upset with me, and I'll just be like, "You're treading." <laughs> you're, you're, you're. Yeah, and, and like one night, we, uh, Kelby and I were at uh, we were at a, a comic show, and this guy had a shirt on, and it had the "Don't Tread on Me" symbol, and it said, uh, "My rights don't end where your feelings begin." And I wanted to ask him, like, kind of like abortion, you know, kind of. Kind of let me poke that just see yeah, what type of reaction. Yeah, you know, kind of like other like like every other thing, uh, kind of like gay marriage, you know, um, just the you know the level of hypocrisy on both sides. There is so much hypocrisy on both sides, and one of the things, uh, that, speaking of hypocrisy, that I think in order for Congress on either side to get shit done, is they have to start taking a bill that's a good bill and throwing fluff in it. 
you know, trying to backdoor certain uh, um, policies. Um, like if there is a bill on guns or a bill on whatever it may be, it needs to be solely about that issue, not, oh, well, we're going to also not throw in funding for, yeah. yeah, exactly, earmarking for special interests. Yeah. Um, and I think that that has been the biggest holdup in, in, in probably for the past 25, 30 years in the, in the entire U.S. government uh, in getting things actually productively accomplished is because... Lobbyist so, scholars. Uh, lo- the lobbyists want their opinions in that bill, and they want funding for this and funding for that. So how do we get rid of that? How do we, how do we get rid of, of lobbyist dollars? Mm. Because because then that opens up the whole conversation. Okay, so then do we take away tax exemption from nonprofits? You know, it's crazy to me that religious organizations can remain tax free yet give their money to special, you know, special things, candidates. That's bizarre to me. I think well, so we need to fixed? give all of Washington D.C. a giant joint. And be like, every single one of you need to sit around this community hookah and just get blitzed. That you really think that's the answer? I, I do. <laughs> I, like, I think every legislator leader in the U.S. needs to uh, just smoke a doobie. I think that'd be terrible because most of those people have had to do awful things to get to that point. <laughs> they just all come and, and yeah, the, when, right when they hit that shit. The, the, all everything that all the shitty things that they've done their whole life, they finally have to reflect on because that's normally what happens when you get high off marijuana. <laughs> you get really reflective and shit, and they would have uh, terrible panic attacks and probably kill each other. It's a good possibility. Hey, so would, that, that would that be so bad? That. Would that be so bad? Drain the swamp. Like, can we just start <laughs> over? Drain the swamp. <laughs> like, can we just start um, over? Term limits, I think, would be a good thing. Absolutely. I, w- I would like to see career politicians not make it a career. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree, 100%. And another thing is that, that we've talked about on this podcast, and, and I'm really glad that you and I are speaking, and, and I feel like we've always kind of, you know, there's never been a point to where I've been like, I I don't like Ryan Mayberry. You yeah, know what I'm no, saying? Never there's there's never you. been a point like that. There's been a point where I thought you were crazy on some things, which probably likewise. I, I'm sure that a lot of people share um, that opinion, and that's perfectly fine. But th- this shit is bleeding over into our local politics right now. Here in the city of Destin, we have a, a major election on March 13th, for mayor um, and and two city council seats, I believe, mm-hmm. and those are run nonpartisan. But we have big, big, big dollars coming in from a conservative group in South Florida that just goes. They just fund these local elections to try to get conservatives conservatives into seats. So now, even on the television, you're seeing. Uh, I saw a commercial on TV the other day on a fucking ESPN that was talking about one of our current seat members. Preble Ramswell, uh, blah blah blah, DUI, a I reckless, guess. a reckless liberal, yeah. like just going at, like going in, and then I, and then I got something in the mail the other day. Mark Robinson, the conservative choice, and blah blah. I'm like motherfuckers, this isn't a partisan, like, so it's even all these, all these dollars are working their way into our local elections mm-hmm. to where it's not even about the individual anymore. This is your fucking neighbor, and now we're we're gonna start. We, we don't like them anymore because our neighbor is a liberal. We don't like our neighbor anymore because they're the conservative choice. Whatever. It's horrible. It we don't bizarre. look. It, it is horrible how how people um, segregate their the people in their world based on their political views. Yes, um, absolutely. Like 
it doesn't define you. Mm -hmm. It's just an opinion that you have. And everyone should be available to have that opinion. Yep. There's this um, thing on horrible. Facebook right now that says uh, it, it shows a sample ballot. And it says this is the conservative way to vote for the city election. Oh, God. And it shows each one bubbled out. This is how conservatives should vote for oh. for the election. Why can't people do their own research and form <laughs> their own opinions? Because it's easier it's, just to. It's horrible. You know? Terrible. Yeah. What is happening with the um, I, uh, another bit of recent local uh, news? What is happening with the floating restaurants and ice cream things at Crab Island? Oh, uh, they haven't talked about it yet. I think it was actually in a city meeting yesterday. Yeah, I don't know enough to talk. They're about trying that to shut that down. I think, yeah. which I think is stupid. Yeah. Well, I, I can't talk on it. I don't really know. I know that there's there's parts of it about. Uh, if they're out there, they need to be taken away at night. They can't just sit out there all season. Mm. And then, so if it sits out there all season, now they're going to be talking about getting, like, actual business license. And mm. like that, taking away that shit where you can go and buy a $16 uh, daiquiri with no booze in it because you get a complimentary shot on the side. Like, that, they're going to shut that shit down. Oh. <laughs> so, we'll see how that goes. And then another thing in Destin that I saw was I guess people are still getting hit on 98 uh, because they can't use crosswalks. Well, those so crosswalks are are messed up anyway. I've almost run they? a few of those. Yeah, I almost run them all the time. Just because, uh, I don't know, aren't the, uh, aren't the lights on the side of the road too? Or are they over still overhang? They are. They're just set up in bad spots. Yeah. And and when they when they turn red, like they they turn. They turn red quick. Yeah. It, it's it, there's not a. The delay is, is nothing. But uh, oh, I mean, yeah, they're just not using the crosswalks where they are. Well, they keep getting just hit by the fucking Emerald Grand. There's no crosswalk mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. Yeah, there is. There's a crosswalk at the Emerald Grand. It goes from the Emerald Grand but to the shell. But I mean, I think they're getting hit oh. right at the bridge. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Right, oh, and right people go foot. so fucking fast there. They're getting hit right at the yeah. foot of the bridge. Yeah. That. I think they need to. Uh, that's a couple things that, and I'm sure this is going to be really interesting for all the people who are listening, in fucking California, but um, <laughs> uh, but they need they need to slow down that bridge. They need to be more careful with that bridge traffic because people coming over the Destin Bridge, and I've been guilty of it. At 55, 60 miles an hour. California should just be beam beaming with pride right now. Yeah, why is that? Uh, well, Oakland, California, their mayor, uh, she was just responsible for releasing um, eight or, or helping um, 800 convicted rapists and pedophiles and cartel members in, in their jails be released. So That sounds awful. Yeah, go California. Woohoo. To make room for... Uh, for nonviolent drug offenders, Who, I, I want to say she's now going to be forced to resign because they've discovered some embezzlement issues. Yeah. So, California man, they're cray cray. Yeah, I'm going to California in a couple months. I'm going to uh, going to San Francisco, and then I'm going to Yosemite. Ooh, that'll be a fun trip. Yeah. That'll pretty, be a really fun excited. trip. Yeah. Yeah, I like San Fran, so. It's oh, it's like a different country. The food, <laughs> the f it's a, it's every country. Yeah, like you've got everything there. You've got the Asian markets. You've got the Italian influence. Mm, bring it on! I want to eat some. I want to eat some octopus or like a seafood that's still alive. I've never done it yeah. before, but like. But you like, want to eat a, an octopus like, while, while, while it's still alive? Well, well, have you? Well, at least while it's still wiggling. 
Huh. I mean, it, I guess it's not alive because I mean it's just chopped off, but it's yeah. still moving. Yeah, that might be kind of fun. I'd I'd try that. I guess. I wonder if you can still feel it, like when as it's like. That's what I want to know. That's that's the question that I want answered. Oh, yeah. can you feel it wiggling when it's sliding down? Mm-hmm. And how long that's do the thing. nerves keep keep fucking ticking? Well, it's it's got to be squid. It's not octopus. Oh, squid! Or like, or like very like baby baby octopus. Um, yeah, you haven't seen like those videos. Then these like these like girls and they film these girls in Japan eating fucking <laughs> tentacles of squid, and they're like, Ooh, like they can feel it go all the way down. There, that doesn't seem fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> so who are you guys listening to at the moment? What's your jam right now? What as far as music goes? Yeah. That's really hard for me because people ask me that all the time because <sighs> I know it's because a, it's I'm a terrible in a, question. No, 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 it's good. It's a good question. It's no, just yeah. it's a hard one. It's just a lot of times I answer uh, nothing. Yeah, my, my Pandora. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, whatever, uh, whatever got time to listen to. Um, I mean, new bands that I think are are doing, you know, cool things. I don't. I don't know. Um, I've been listening to like, a, honestly, man. I've been listening to a lot of stuff that I did like as a youth. I've been listening to a lot of punk rock lately and stuff. Um, but uh, I think those Greta Van Fleet kids, at least for for the next year or so, are doing pretty cool. Have you heard Greta Van Fleet? I have not. It's reincarnation of Led Zeppelin. So he sounds just like you know, uh, Page. It sounds just like Page and Plant. That would be guitar a, playing. That would be a good sound to yeah. hear. Yeah, Greta Van Fleet. Check Greta Van Fleet. How about you, man? What are you listening to? Um, I have been listening to a lot of Micah Tyler. Um, really interesting vocalist. Uh, powerhouse vocals. I mean, mm-hmm. he he can just sing. Oh, he he makes me melt. Um, and then I've been studying and listening to it by a composer by the name of Felix Mendelssohn. Um, I discovered a, a couple months ago, I was looking for some new music for some of my students. And when I go music shopping, it is like a field day for me. Cause I'm like, ha ha music, music, music. I want that, 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 that. Um, and I walk out with, you know, a f- stack of music a foot high, but I saw this one piece of music and it was titled six pieces for children. Well, I didn't open it up and I'm just like, Oh, six pieces for children. Awesome. I'll find it. You know, one of my students will want to play something out of here. Um, and I was sitting there with a student the other day and that, that collection came to mind. And so I pulled it out and I opened it up and I started looking at it and I'm like, what the heck kind of prodigy was Mendelssohn teaching? This is not for children. Like I'm looking at the music going six pieces for children. That's the title. These are not six pieces that children should be able to play. Like I'm looking at it and I'm like, Ooh, that's, Ooh, that's hard. Like, I have to practice that. So anywho, so I decided to dive into it. Um, and it has been a fantastic study of uh, Felix Mendelssohn. So the way that it got the title, in the summer of 1842, uh, he and his wife were staying with a wealthy, wealthy patron in London uh, on summer vacation. And as a thank you gift for their hospitality, uh, over Christmas, he wrote six individual pieces for each of her children. So six pieces for the children of the woman who was staying with. And they are all individual, lovely shorts, um, maybe ranging like a minute and 32 minutes long um, e- each piece. Um, but each one has their own different personality. Um, and I'm, I'm really enjoying That's that, representative so. of the child, probably. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, cool. That's so a cool story. It's a fun little, fun piece of music that I'm currently yeah. obsessed with. 
I, man, I wish I, I wish I could learn to play piano. I, I bought a keyboard and I was like, I learned how to play a Radiohead song, and then I didn't play anymore. Like, Everyone <laughs> always says that. Everyone always wishes that they would have learned piano. Yeah. Or, or you, you run into people that are older and they're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't quit. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you waiting for? Yeah, that's true. Do it. That's true. Learn. You can always learn. I'll be your thirty eighth student. Always do it. <laughs> do it. I, I, man, I couldn't drive to Crestview once a week. We can I'd use technology. Have... <laughs> yeah yeah we get you I, I could be your first skype student uh no right. I, I do it often with with some of my oh students. really um because i've got some students that drive down from down here in destin and niceville blue water um and some afternoons uh you know like i said life happens they can't make it to crest you so we'll set up the ipads and the computers and i will watch what they're doing and they will send me their music and yeah i can look Man, at it I, and we critique each other it, it works well I wish we would have had a way for you to play in the studio today. Oh, and I, I was working out. I was for, I, yeah, for some reason in my head, I was like, oh, if he wants me to play, he must have an, an instrument there. Um, well, he's like, what, do you have a grand piano? I was like, motherfucker, I got a Casio. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's what he, because... And he's like, no, I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah, I don't do I, I don't must, do keyboards. I can that garage band on the iPad. Yeah, that's, that's right, with a little musical typing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't do keyboards well. They're they're just they're just god awful. They're just as a pianist, they're just yeah. I'm I must have an acoustic piano. Yeah. I must. I must. <laughs> I, I, well, maybe we're we're a little over an hour an hour here so we're gonna wrap it up man perfect I got, I got i got meetings i know you got meetings today too man i appreciate you making time for coming thank you out so much today. for the invitation it's uh, been a pleasure talking with you yeah i had a blast man uh i, I almost you're very well spoken and i'm not so i kind of feel like uh i kind of feel like you just uh you schooled me here i doubt podcast, that man but I anyway it was great talking to you i appreciate you uh being so open and honest with everything man and uh you're welcome to come on here whenever you'd like to thanks just bring a bring a piano next time. I I, I will I, I will I will bring the Steinway Grand with me next time with with like eight men. That could be fun because then I'll, I'll be hot and sweaty having to move it. So and we'll put it on we'll put it fun. on my dock, right here. That would oh, be deck. a money maker. Yeah, we'll put it on my deck. Money maker. Yeah, right there. Yeah, but just put it on a concert. Just serenade for the whole. Serenade harbor. When was the last time you played piano in the harbor, man? Uh, never. Ooh, <laughs> put on a concert. You could do that. Yeah. All right, Other. that means I have to practice. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, y'all, hit us up, wimty, at gmail.com, and uh, we'll get at you next week. See y'all later. Thanks, Ryan.